Hey guys, um, it's good to be back. I'm recording this from my dorm room at Oxford. Go figure. Um, we have a lot to catch up on. It's been over two months since I put out the last episode of Nearsighted, and so like too much has happened. Way too much has happened. I don't think we. I don't even like remember everything that's happened. That's how long it's been. So I guess we'll just do a quick recap of my September, and uh, then we'll talk about lots of things. Um, We're going to talk about the UK, we're going to talk about Oxford, going abroad, Um, we're going to talk about Hold the Girl, aka the album of the decade, Um, we're going to talk about meeting Rina Sawayama, so much. There's, There's so much ground to cover, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're here. Um, okay, so where we last left off, it was uh, it was cishet July. Um, it was a hundred degrees out in New York all day long, and the concrete in New York, like um, since there's no like the it traps the heat from the day, so it doesn't cool down at night. Like the temperature will drop, but like the streets, the air doesn't cool down. Um, right. So the last time we left off, I was like in that you know mental inferno of cishet July and having like a, I don't even think a quarter life crisis. I don't think you could even call it that, like a quintile sextile life crisis. I don't even think those are words about, you know, what I want to do with my life, what career I want to have, just, just going through like the thick of it. I'm like having so many conversations with all of my friends during this time period and it seems like this is like a common thread that everyone's going through um, if you're between the ages of, you know, 21, 22, 20 to 22. Um, everyone is like scared, shitless, like holding on for their dear lives about some aspect of the future. Um, totally normal, totally valid. Um, around this same time, I like randomly make a viral tiktok make this tiktok talking about how everyone who's ever like taken classics as in latin or greek um turns out to be super gay and i don't know why that correlation exists and it fascinates me so i make this like ridiculous tiktok about it because i've had so many conversations with people about why classics people are just so overwhelmingly queer um it blows up it goes viral like, I'm not, like, by viral, I don't mean, like, millions, but I mean, like, it's it's up there. It's, like, hundreds of thousands of views or whatever. I mean, not to brag or anything. Um, and around this time, I'm, like, getting ready to... Yeah, I really didn't need to talk about the viral TikTok. I just, like, needed the people to know. Um, follow me on TikTok, by the way. It's at Abby with two Ys, A-B-B-Y-Y-258. Um, <laughs> around this time... Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm super sick right now. And you can probably tell by the sound of my voice. Um, but it's fine. <clears throat> okay. Around this time, I'm getting ready to move out of my summer sublet in New York. Um, I move out. I go on a trip to the Catskills with my girlfriend. Um, we end up like staying together in the city until our seven, seven month, like month anniversary, seven month anniversary or whatever. Um, then I leave to go home. I say bye to her. Um, we're both like sobbing in Port Authority, which is an experience that, um, you know, one could never imagine having, like imagine 
saying goodbye to your significant other you're not going to see them in a couple for a couple of months and you're in port authority of all places um i go home i go on a trip with my family um to hawaii we're like camping and hiking and backpacking and hiking some more um and then we fly home we get back home at like 3 a.m one night less than 12 hours later i'm driving back to the airport and i get on a flight to england i get on a red eye flight to england i land at 6 a.m uk time i take a bus to oxford I have never been to Oxford in my life. I don't know where anything is. I don't. I find out that Mint Mobile, my my cell service provider, you know the one that like Ryan Reynolds owns or whatever. Anyway, if you know, you know. Um, Mint Mobile doesn't exist outside of the U.S. I have no cell service. Um, the The bus driver is like, "What stop are you getting off at?" I'm like, um, "I don't know, Oxford." He's like, "Which stop at Oxford?" There's like ten stops. Anyways, I'm like dragging my suitcase like nearly three quarters of a mile there's some like rando carnival happening like i arrive at my college at oxford and um (laughs) anyways yeah that's that was my that was my experience so yeah it's been uh, it's been like a crazy whirlwind of like three months um clearly been very preoccupied with you know life in general um but long story short I'm doing really great. Um, I genuinely, like, could not be happier about my study abroad experience. I I think Oxford is a beautiful place to go to school in. Just, like, walking down the street, I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's beautiful. Um, everything in the UK, like the architecture the fields like the look of the little buildings and the cottages i don't know how to describe it it's just like cute and whimsical like everything is so cute and um i love like my specific college within oxford it's not one of the like famous i don't know like the maudlin the christchurch the university college of it all um it's like a smaller kind of like it's kind of like off to the side a little bit you have to like walk 10 minutes to get to the city center um but it's called saint anne's college and fun fact it as we've been told several thousands of times by this point um it was famously founded in 1879 and it was like the first coalition of women at oxford um and now it's obviously evolved into like a co-ed college but um the general vibe that I've gleaned is that it's just very, like, you know, sapphic, whimsical, modern, um, kind of like just the Barnard of Oxford, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah, obviously this is where the universe would put me. Like, this is exactly where I would end up. Every single, like, I'm not even exaggerating, every single student that I've met so far who, like, actually goes to St. Anne's, like, the, the British students who, who go here full-time, um, everyone who I've met just is like queer um so yeah (laughs) it's amazing um and like everyone else in this visiting students program at st anne's is like i i just like absolutely like adore all the people here i mean there are like definitely a couple like characters or two but generally like love and adore everyone who i'm studying here with everyone's like so lovely and intelligent and 
thoughtful and caring and like yeah I literally could not be happier with the situation and I'm really glad I came I actually so like I <laughs> I actually had like no idea what I was getting into before I um got here I obviously applied because it had always been a goal of mine um but I'm not even kidding like I the 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 preparation and research I did um before arriving here it was like little if not zero like so minimal it's not even funny obviously um anyone who knows me knows that I just like historically haven't had the best time ever in college particularly at Columbia um I've like you know just had a really hard time um didn't have a great freshman year found it really hard to get involved in the community um to make friends um just was struggling with a lot of like social anxiety bad mental health um eating disorder depression like you know the whole nine yards and obviously like halfway through the year the pandemic hit um I took time off of school um because it just didn't feel like a place where I could like you know go back at the time and obviously um went back started to have like a slightly more positive outlook over the whole thing but um yeah anyone who like knows me knows it's not my favorite place on earth um period so it has definitely been a much needed and very welcome change of pace and i think it's like confirmed for me um two things that i've been like that have been on my mind for a really long time first that colombia is really abnormal in the way that it absolutely refuses to foster any sense of community like whatsoever um like at colombia it is so normal for you to go months without seeing your closest friends unless you make an active effort to see them um there's like one there's like one school tradition um there's like this thing called bacchanal it's like a, a music festival concert thing that happens once a year and Columbia recently like moved it off campus it used to be on campus so that like everyone could go they recently like moved it to terminal five and you had to like snag a ticket like you know they can't even like give us one thing um and I feel like a really good illustration of this is the fact that there are three Columbia students in the St. Anne's visiting program so there's 25 people here right now and three of us are from Columbia we had never met before like none of us knew each other I hadn't even like seen the other two columbia people before like i'd never seen them before um and we're all in cc we're all in cc class of 2024 like didn't know each other and everyone here was like that's actually insane because every single other school um people either know each other or know of each other or the school facilitated some type of like okay like let's get the kids studying at oxford together and like have them meet each other um Columbia sent out a spreadsheet of like all the email ad addresses of everyone studying abroad in the UK <laughs> over the course of this academic year period. Um, also, there's like a like our sister college to St. Anne, St. Anne's. It's called Lady Margaret Hall. That was another one of the colleges that I could have applied to. There's also three Columbia students studying there. And one of the kids um, is like a current senior right now. So he's in the grade that I entered columbia in and we've been doing this bit where we try to name 
one person who we both know from Colombia, and we've been so unsuccessful every single time. We'll be like, oh, well, I know someone in the bartending association. I know X person. And he'll be like, oh, I know Y person. No, don't know them. They never align. Like, we haven't been able to name one person who we both know. Um, So I guess it's just been comforting to realize that I... (laughs) Like, there was nothing wrong with me for having a difficult time. Like, seems like a very universal experience. Also seems like the the school's fault. Um, and I don't know. We're not Miss Little Miss 18th in the nation for nothing. Um, I was journaling about this recently, and what I wrote down was, like, I don't think Columbia was necessarily, like, it didn't necessarily give me the undergrad experience that I deserved, but I think it gave me the experience that I needed because there are lots of things, obviously, about the school that I'm grateful for. First of all, that it's in New York City that I've gotten to spend these really formative years there. Um, Obviously, met my girlfriend there, um, (laughs) like, fell in love, had my first relationship at Columbia, which will always make it a really special place for me. Um, the queer community at Columbia is amazing. It's like this bubble where the norm is to be queer. And I don't think I would have, you know, felt the same process of coming out and feeling really confident in my sexuality and openly being in a lesbian relationship. You know, I don't think I would have felt any of that had I not gone to a school like Columbia. I'd probably still be in the closet right now. So there are so many things that I am grateful for um but I think on the whole like um this is like a really big statement to make but I think that over like the course of literally three weeks um I feel way more at home way more at peace at St. Anne's at Oxford than I have in two three years at Columbia uh which is crazy and the second big realization that um going to school here has brought me is that it's confirmed that I definitely for a fact long term like will never live in New York I don't see myself there um I've been talking about this for a really long time but I I think I've tried really hard in my early 20s to prove to myself that like I can grow to love New York or I can like um grow to feel at home here and that it's the place for me and in reality, it just isn't. I think for a lot of people, it's uh, a place that gives them a lot of creative inspiration and makes them hyperproductive. Um, but for me, like it really does the opposite. I find it really isolating. I find it to be a sensory overload. I find it to be a ripoff. Um, I find the cost of living to be astronomical. You know, that's objective, actually, not I find. That's objective. Um, And I think that, you know, there's no reason that I should spend my life struggling in New York when when I could be, like, happy and at peace somewhere else. I recently had a conversation where I compared the city of New York to a black hole um, because black holes are, like, you know huge amount of mass condensed into a tiny space and if you think about it that's essentially what new york city is it's a huge amount of mass condensed into like a tiny i don't know i guess island um area and um what happens when you're like at the edge of the of the of a black hole is that time and space become warped 
um, you can experience like a day, but on Earth they've experienced years and years. And honestly, I think the same exact thing happens in New York City because um, just by definition, a day in New York is longer than a day anywhere else. A day in New York is round the clock. It's 5 a.m. to 5 a.m. Um, it's literally unending. Whereas if you're in a city like Boston, for example, you know, where I grew up, um, everything shuts down at 10 p.m. So you have these days that literally like feel longer than normal days. By definition, more things happen in a day in New York, like time and space is warped. And I don't know if anyone else from the city can relate to this, but I found over the summer that every time I try to take a day to relax in New York, I feel shittier at the end of the day than when the day began. And I was thinking about it a lot this summer, and I realized that it's because there's so much movement happening, and you're so hyper aware of it, that if you spend a day doing nothing, all you're thinking about is how much you missed out on. Whereas, you know, being from like the suburbs of Massachusetts, if I were to take a day and do absolutely nothing, I'd feel great at the end of the day. I'd be like, wow, that was much needed rest. That was a reset. I'm ready to be productive again. Similarly, like here in Oxford, I think I, I feel the exact same way. Um, but I think coming here has made me like, oh yeah, okay. I feel really at ease and at peace in this little college town. And <laughs> I do not feel this way in Manhattan. Um, and that's okay. Like it's, I miss like the people that I've met. I think like New York again will always be special for me because like I feel at home with my girlfriend and my friends. Um, but while I miss the people I've met in New York and made memories with, I don't miss the place itself. I have like absolutely no desire, no yearning to go back just for the sake of the city. And it's honestly been really liberating. Um, there's like this Sarah Kinsley song called What Was Mine, which she wrote about like realizing that uh, when you're in like a relationship with someone and you realize they were never yours to begin with, it's a really liberating feeling. That's been me with New York. Like New York was never mine to begin with. And I feel really liberated being like, yeah, my babe, my baby isn't mine. Okay. Um, now let's talk about all the crazy shit that's happened since I've gotten here, um, and talk about all of the things in the UK that give me the ick. And I know this is what everyone is, you know, here for right now. Um, first of all, um, Queen Liz literally died the first week that I got here. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even here for a full week before she passed away may she rest in peace. Um, so I'm here for less than a week and we already have a king and it's crusty Charles of all people, Adam Levine, Ned Fulmer, John Mulaney looking crusty cheater King Charles. So that's, you know, that's obviously that is what it is. Um, second of all, um, do not come here if you are a person of color who has grown up 
eating food, eating good food your whole life because um, the food here is terrifying. Like, no, like, guys, I, I, like, actually cannot overstate how, like, horrified I am. But, like, how are these people alive? Like, what are they eating all day? First of all, as a famously lactose intolerant person, there is like absolutely nothing for me to eat in this dining hall that doesn't contain dairy. Like, I don't understand why people in Europe, it's not even Europe, it's literally not even Europe anymore, why people in England insist on dredging everything they cook in cow's milk cow's milk it is 2022 i didn't write lactose intolerance or whatever on my the little like allergy form that we had to fill out because a it's not an allergy it's like an intolerance or whatever second of all um i have never in my life had a problem like finding food that that doesn't contain cow's milk um but like Everything they bring out here just looks like a platter of lactose. Like, I look at it, and I'm like, that's lactose. I was eating this, like, breaded turkey thing um, the other night, and it, like, literally one bite, one bite in, I was like, this tastes like cow's milk. Because I haven't, like, I don't know, I probably haven't ingested cow's milk since, like, I don't know, 2016, 2017. Like, I, it's, it's, like, disgusting. It's, it's nauseating. Um, I've been having a food aversion to literally everything here. Um, it's like so hard for me to (laughs) stomach food. I'm like, (laughs) I'm so malnourished, you guys. It's not even funny. Um, and I like, I I get this thing where I'm like eating a meal at the dining hall and I just hit this like wall of nausea and literally just looking at the food, um, picking it up, like being near it, makes me want to vomit I I can't stomach any of it and then the thought of like not having eaten enough and being anxious about that like makes me like it's like this anxiety cycle where I'm like anxious and I can't eat and then I get more anxious about not being able to eat and then I can't eat even more you know um it got so bad the other day that I was like literally eating um a packet of instant oatmeal that I made in my room and like a cup of coffee and I, I, like, couldn't even stomach that. I also, there's, like, this, like, absolutely, um, like, hellish, nightmarish, like, restaurant chain here called Itsu. And I, I have to, like, chew them out because um, I had, like, the scariest meal of my life there. It's, like, allegedly Pret, but, like, East Asian food. And, oh, my God, guys. It's horrific. Um, I, I got these noodles that were, like... It was essentially just, like, an oily red sauce that for some reason had, like, coconut oil in it. And these, like, udon noodles were, like, swimming in it. And it had, like, peas and, like, carrots. It was, like, it was, like, so scary. I'm, like, you people have Google. Like, is it is it that hard to look up a recipe? Is it that hard to... I don't know, spice things correctly, like put salt on your food, not drench everything in cow's milk. Like it is so hard for them. Um, and on top of that, people here don't drink water. I, I genuinely swear to God, British people will have like one cup of tea at 3 p.m. and then they'll call it a day. 
they're like, oh, that's enough liquids for today. They'll, they'll, they'll actually, they'll, they'll have cow's milk and then they'll have one cup of tea at 3 p.m. And that's it. Also, my room is a freezer. Um, they won't turn on the heat in the dorms right now because the term technically hasn't started. Like, um, it's just visiting students right now. Um, the full-time Oxford students haven't moved in yet. They don't move in till I think they're moving in this weekend, actually. So, um, the heat hasn't been turned on and it's like full, it's fully fall in the UK. Um, like we're talking forties, fifties at most. The low tonight is going to be 39 degrees and there's no heating. And I have the draftiest, I have a balcony, which is really nice in my room, but I have the draftiest windows you've ever encountered. Um, like these are doing nothing in the way of like preventing the cold from coming in. They're literally, they're literally doing nothing. They're like actually doing nothing. Um, I like went to the lodge and was like, can, can you guys give me a space heater? Can you turn on the heat in my room? I'm going to get sick. I actually did get sick. Like that's literally how I get, how I got a cold. Um, everyone in this building has a cold right now because they won't turn on the heat and the people at the lodge give me an extra blanket like that's the only thing they can do so yeah thanks like that's gonna do something um so yeah you know that's how i'm living right now malnourished dehydrated freezing um so yeah i'll I'll, like long story short i'll just be shocked if i exit the uk um alive and well also speaking Speaking of crazy shit, I cannot record this podcast without talking about the whirlwind experience that has been my September coursework (laughs) because um, I didn't even know this before I applied or before I got here. Like I literally found this out when I arrived. But um, like I said, the term hasn't started yet, but visiting students obviously like need classes to take while they're here in September. So they've sorted the whole program. There's 25 of us into three courses. Um, there's art history, there's biochem and there's history slash politics. You have no choice in which course you're going to take. And not only is it history and politics, it is a course called the making and unmaking of modern Britain. Chef's kiss. Um, couldn't have asked for anything better to study while I'm here. Um, We literally, (laughs) that was sarcasm, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. We literally got here on uh, on the first day. They like handed um, me a syllabus and I saw unit one, devolution, um, which yes, you heard right. That's evolution or revolution, but it, it begins with a D. And I was like, oh, I'm, this is a typo, obviously. It's probably, like, revolution or whatever. No, no. It it was devolution. It's, like, it was this thing where the UK Parliament gave Northern Ireland, Wales, and Scotland their own parliaments. I am now an expert <laughs> in modern Scottish history. I, I can tell you about the Scottish National Party. I can tell you about the 2014 independence referendum. I, I now know more about scotland than i ever knew possible than i ever could have possibly dreamed um and the best part is that the way the like oxford educational system works is you have these like two-on-one sessions with your tutor um which is like professor basically and in order to prepare for every session you have to write like a 1500 to 2000 word essay which is like basically five or six pages double spaced. Um, 
and you don't you don't know anything about the topic before you write the essay you have to like they give you this list of like 30 books to read every week you have to read as much as possible and then write your essay um based on those books so i um since getting here have written four six-page essays on history and politics of modern britain which is like psycho it's it's like absolutely crazy and uh my tutor is like so unhinged like so unhinged you guys um he is in his 50s he's literally younger than my mom but he like he like looks really old like he does not look good for his age sorry if that's mean he looks really bad for his age and he's um he used to work for the conservative party in the uk which uh if you don't know anything about uk politics which i didn't he's literally a republican like they they correlate they're like it's like one-to-one like they um he's literally a republican he literally said in one of our seminars that if he lived in the u.s he wouldn't vote democrat he's so crazy he um has said the most out-of-pocket things ever he once compared poor people to dumpster cats like i'm not i'm like not even exaggerating not even making this up he's just said like crazy out-of-pocket racist xenophobic things like it's literally it's been such a wild ride um i submitted my last essay for the class yesterday morning and i have my last tutorial tomorrow and then i'm done like i'm done done with this class um yeah 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 i i can't believe it either the whole thing has made me realize though like it literally takes nothing to be a tutor at oxford like anyone could teach at oxford i could do it you could do it you could do it now i could do it now um the bar is as i've learned incredibly low okay we're gonna talk about hold the girl we're gonna talk about meeting rena sawayama so essentially if you're like i don't know i guess cishet or whatever and you don't know (laughs) rena sawayama is like this uh singer songwriter pop star she's japanese british um i don't know songs that you might know are like excess and comme des garçons that's her and she recently put out a new album called hold the girl and it is like i'm not even exaggerating i have like never resonated with a musical album more in my life and since she's british she's been doing these little album signing events all around the country um, so obviously I went to see her, bought her CD, got it signed, um, talked to her, met her, took photos with her, um, nearly passed out, blacked out when I talked to her. And I'm also going to see her in concert in October in Birmingham, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, but I have to talk about this album because I, first of all, I've been noticing that recently in my life, I've been gravitating towards, um, like, just asian artists specifically female asian artists who make music in like primarily in english like primarily for a u.s uk audience obviously i'm so excited for midnights you know i love taylor taylor will always be number one in my heart my first love but i think this is like maybe the first time in history that there have been Asian artists like geared towards an English-speaking audience who are mainstream enough that I can see them on tour. I can go to their shows. I can 
pretty much just interact with them as I can with any like major white artist and it's like it's really like blowing my mind and they like make the type of music that I like specifically like the the exact type of music that I like to listen to it's like literally just been like the most monumental thing ever um like Sarah Kinsley for example Lin Yang who I talk about constantly um Rena obviously Japanese breakfast um who I saw over the summer um it has like literally changed my life listening to music from people who look like me and getting to like see them perform I obviously like I've said this before and I'll I'll say it again but like the representation like we know it matters we know the representation matters but the, the representation makes me cry so hard um I was listening to Rena's album on the day it came out and I went to the library with a couple friends and I got to the song the song that's called Send My Love to John which she wrote from the perspective of her queer friend's mother um who was like struggled with homophobia and accepting her child and all of that and I it like absolutely broke me I like scurried down to the bathroom and locked myself in one of the stalls and I like sobbed for 20 minutes um while listening to the album because I don't know I guess I had I it was this realization that this was the first time that I had ever heard in mainstream music an album that <laughs> echoed everything that I've been feeling for the past two years like the pain that comes with growing up Asian American you know, Asian in general, being queer, like understanding who you are and then like unlearning things from the past that have made you feel ashamed for who you are. And yeah, I like, I like sobbed my eyes out. I like absolutely cried so, so hard. Um, if you like haven't listened to the album, you really should. Um, but I, like obviously the album is called hold the girl the title track is called hold the girl and i am definitively in my hold the girl era at the moment like i am definitively holding the girl yeah anyways that's all for me today (laughs) um i hope you guys are doing really well please shoot me a text if like we haven't caught up in a while um i miss i obviously miss everyone and um yeah more podcast episodes to come hopefully um also please everyone say a prayer that my room will heat up and that um i'll like experience just one day just one day is all i ask just one day of stomach normalcy one day of having a normal stomach again um so please for me say a prayer um anyways signing off bye